now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Greetings from my coronavirus bunker here in somewhere, New Jersey. I am Alex Shane, here with my buddy Rich Hill. 2020 is off to a rip-roaring start. Uh, I don't know where to start, Rich Hill. It's been a while Ooh, since baby. we've touched base. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully you and yours are healthy. You know, it's funny. We were going to do a podcast last night, Monday night. Uh, we figured, you know, let's just wait in case something develops, and maybe we'll talk about it the next day. This is proof positive that procrastination is always the answer because <laughs> this podcast just got a lot more interesting, buddy. Why? What, what, what happened? I, you know, I just woke up. Uh, it's very early in the day. There's not much that could happen at this point, right? What's oh, going yeah. on, Alec? Um, Jamie Collins went to the Detroit Lions. So... Oh, devastating. Yeah. Absolutely devastating. Well, good luck to him. Um, Alec, this is this is probably one of the biggest days in Patriots history. Uh, over the past 20 years, Tom Brady has been the New England Patriots starting quarterback, uh, you know, give and take a couple of years there. Uh, wasn't it in 2000? But... He's no longer with the Patriots. He released a statement today, and he said he'll be forever a Patriot. He loves you, Pats Nation. And he says that he is taking his talents elsewhere, uh, not using the same LeBron James sort of verbiage. But, Alec, what were your thoughts when you found out that Brady's leaving the Pats? It's amazing. The, the most surprising thing about this, honestly, to, to make it all about me, as it always needs to be on the <laughs> Pat's whole podcast, um, I, I was surprisingly okay with this news um there was a little bit like a, a heart sinking kind of moment knowing that the single greatest era of my sports fandom kind of just came to an end and i'll likely never experience anything like this ever again for as long as i live but if the coronavirus goes for the way we think it's gonna go maybe it's not that long so that's okay <laughs> um but you know the other part of me was very grateful for what Tom Brady brought to this franchise into my life as a sports fan. Uh, I was very happy for him to get the chance to play elsewhere. Uh, I'm kind of excited in a weird way for a new era of Patriots football, whatever that may be. Maybe they're terrible for the rest of my life. Maybe they can make another deep run at some point. But I I'm kind of um, optimistic about a new chapter for this team and to be there for the beginning of a new era, whatever that may be. So I'm very sad about Tom Brady, obviously, but I'm not like devastated the way I thought I'd be, which is, I guess, refreshing. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, first and foremost, too, uh, they still have Bill Belichick. I, I think that the a lot of the moves that the Patriots have been taking this offseason have been with this in mind, that Brady is possibly not going to come back. I, I think for me, the biggest sign that it was going to transition was when they, uh, I mean, this is pretty recent, but they franchise tagged Joe Tooney. And my initial reaction was that, you know what, maybe they're going to trade him. Uh, but then part of me was like, in their statement, they said that they want to work on a long-term extension with Joe Tooney. They already have another highly paid guard in Shaq Mason. They're really trying to bolster their offensive line. And to me, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to move forward with a Tom Brady-type player. And instead, maybe they're going to go with a younger guy who needs to have better offensive line protection to allow them to develop into a better player. You know, Brady can compensate for the offensive line, and a good offensive line can help compensate for a younger quarterback. And I, I, that's where I think we are with the Patriots, is that, you know what, uh, we're, we're going to definitely move towards a new era. And as long as Bill Belichick's at the helm, you know, he's 67 years old, turns 68 in a month. 
I think that the Patriots are going to be fine. They're going to be competitive. I don't think they'll be as dominant as they were with Tom Brady. Clearly, you have the greatest quarterback of all time, the greatest head coach. You're going to have an unparalleled run of success. But I still think that they'll be pretty good. And just like you, I'm pretty excited to see how they'll fare without Tom Brady. I mean, I, I think it's very tough if you are basically a through no fault of your own, just the timeline and when you were alive or when you started watching football. But like if your entire NFL existence is only Tom Brady on the Patriots, I'm sure this is much more shocking. But for those of us who've been around for before the Brady era um, and for pretty much every other fan of every other team, this is kind of just part of the part of the way it works. Very, very, very few all time great sports legends spend their entire career with one team. It's just the way it is. Joe Montana. Uh, Brett Favre, Michael Jordan, just, you know, that's just not always the way it works. And I think there's still a good core in place. I think the AFC East is still as wide open as ever. And there's a lot of big pluses to having a Tom Brady free Patriots. Um, But uh, it's just it's just very, I guess, tough to process. And we'll kind of know more over the coming days and weeks and whatnot. But if you had to guess, Rich Hill. He's obviously not done playing football. He obviously wants to play somewhere else. Uh, I've heard the Bucks are going after him pretty hard. I've heard the Chargers going after him pretty hard. The market for him isn't as robust as it could be, given the fact that the Raiders just signed Marcus Mariota. The Titans just re-up Ryan Tannehill for a decent amount of money. If you had to put your predicting hat on right now, look in your crystal ball, where do you see Tom Brady going? Yeah, and I, I think part of me thinks that Brady has a general idea, even though it's not been decided yet. I believe Adam Schefter has tweeted out that there's going to be no more news about Brady coming out today. I think Tom Curran had that same story, uh, that he doesn't necessarily know exactly where he's going. But I think he has an idea. I, I think he has an idea, and I think the fact that both the Titans and the Raiders moved on with different quarterbacks signals to me that they have an idea that Brady is is narrowing down his options. And so... I think that there's three possible options right now uh, with two that make a lot more sense than the other. Uh, We can go with the one that I think makes more sense. Uh, You have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who yesterday became the odds-on favorite to sign Tom Brady, according to Las Vegas. So that definitely should have been a major signal to everyone. And then you have the Los Angeles Chargers, who were that number three team behind, uh, you know, you had the the Bucks, Patriots, and then the Chargers as those top three teams, according to Vegas. Those are the two teams that make a lot of sense. And then uh, a dark horse could be a team like Miami, who uh, is rebuilding, but they have a lot of cash to throw around. Uh, Miami is always like a good place to go and hang out <laughs> if, if you're Tom Brady. They have a pretty good uh, group of players that they're they're bringing in. Their defense is really bolstering based off of who they've been signing. They signed Kyle Van Noy. They're bringing Byron Jones, uh, Shaq Lawson. So they're really bolstering that defensive side of things. They have a lot of draft capital. Uh, they have a good tight end in Mike Jacecki. And then they have Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson, uh, Alan Hearns, and Jakeem Grant. They have, they have a good enough rotation on offense uh, that if they just bolster their offensive line, Maybe they could make some noise. But for me, my money goes on uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just because of just the ridiculous amount of talent they have. No, I think the Tampa Bay makes a lot of sense. It gets them out of the AFC altogether. Uh, the Chargers, I think, is a good landing spot in a lot of ways in terms of their offensive uh, personnel they have put together. They're a team that's basically a, a good quarterback away from making a deep run. But at this point, if you're Tom Brady, it's not about the money as much. I think you want to show the world you still got it. You can win anywhere. Uh, you want to kind of try your luck with another team. And do you really want to face the Chiefs twice a year? 
Uh, I know. Yeah, you don't. I mean, that's a very tough division. The Raiders are going to be pretty good. I think Mariota to the Raiders is a great fit. The Chargers are a good team, but I I don't know. I think the Buccaneers make a lot of sense. I know Miami is a good fit on paper for a lot of reasons, but I just cannot see Tom Brady staying in the AFC East. That would be absolutely heartbreaking to see him come up as a member of the Dolphins. Um, I I don't know, especially as a point you made before the podcast. Tom Brady stinks in Miami. So (laughs) they're going to go 8-8, 0-8 at home and 8-0 on the road. You can't have that. And Tampa Bay is a great fit in terms of the personnel they have. Uh, There's a Patriots connections in the front office. There's a good offensive scheme there. I I like that move a lot, but again, now the fact that we're talking about it, uh, it's probably not going to happen, and it'll go somewhere like who the hell knows? Probably like 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 Indianapolis. What what what's them end up taking taking Tom Brady? You never know. <laughs> um, it's a very interesting time, and I'm kind of excited to see how it folds out. Yeah, I think that there's everything and anything remains on the table now, just because I think there was a big sentiment that you know he's not actually going to leave the Patriots, right? I mean, I I felt that way. His very last throw as a member of the New England Patriots, was a pick six intended for Mohamed Sanu, intercepted by Logan Ryan. That last, very, very last one was a pick six. That's a weird way for it to end. And I, and I can imagine that most people would say, that couldn't be the end. That's not how the Brady story is going to end in New England. But it is. That's the that's the end of it. Uh, and, yeah, there's many places that he could possibly go, depending on uh, what people or what teams are looking for. I do think that, like, the Titans, they've locked in their player, but maybe the the Colts, I know that they were hard in on Philip Rivers, so maybe this changes their calculus a little bit. Um, then you also have the Bears. They're possibly looking to upgrade Mitch Trubisky. I, I could see that being an option. But if, you know, if Brady truly does want to win, I think going to the NFC is such a hard choice to make because if he goes to the uh, NFC North, He's going to have to face Aaron Rodgers, uh, the Vikings, uh, multiple times a year. If he goes to the South, he'll have to play Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. Uh, there's no spot really available for him in the West um, or necessarily the East. So, like, if you're Tom Brady, you're going to have a much harder path. You know, we're talking about the AFC West with Patrick Mahomes. The Patriots made the most sense for him to truly be able to compete for Super Bowls on a regular basis. And so at this point, maybe it is about the money. Maybe it is about expanding the brand. Maybe it is about setting himself up for life after football. In 2018 was, you know, when he won that Super Bowl was that last time that it was really about winning it all. And now it's about, you know, what's life afterwards going to be like? Yeah, uh, it's going to be a very interesting time. Let me ask you this, Rich Hill. There have been Patriots players and personnel that are quote-unquote leaving the team. It's all in place. The the paperwork is ready and drafted, and all of a sudden, whoop, back they go. Any chance you see this happening, everyone thinks he's leaving, he thinks he's leaving, Devin McCourty's out the door, Josh McDaniels is out the door, and then all of a sudden, back he comes. (laughs) Is that ever going to happen? Are we totally done with that? Oh, man, wouldn't that be just the absolute greatest prank we've ever seen is if he said i'm taking my talents to indianapolis screwing up their entire offseason just like josh mcdaniels did and saying actually i'm coming back to the patriots (laughs) that would be just absolutely incredible that would be just the funniest lucy and charlie brown pulling away the football thing i've ever seen but i don't think so i I think brady is definitely done I, i think brady uh you know he is not for any sort of like acrimony towards anyone else. I just think that he doesn't have that same sort of uh, 
you know, the supporting cast. He doesn't have time to learn, like, new rookies. And that's what the Patriots have under their salary cap is get younger players, which is, like, not necessarily a bad thing. But for Brady, I feel like he'd much rather step into an offense with an all-pro like Mike Evans than it is to, like, see if Nikhil Harry can develop into a viable receiver. No, I guess that makes sense. Um, man, Rich, I, I don't I don't really know. It hasn't quite processed the way maybe it's going to process. Uh, I don't know about you, but my phone has been blowing up all morning. People are asking me if I'm okay, how I'm going to handle this. They want me to console them somehow. Um, I will say to this, if you are completely floored by this news and heartbroken, um, I'll write an article about it maybe a little later on in the offseason that there's going to be a lot of really fun elements to a Tom Brady-less Patriots team that makes this season, 2020, a really interesting one. And we're going to be able to enjoy certain things that other teams didn't enjoy. Uh, for, the, for example, just a little sneak preview. I am no longer at the position where if my team doesn't win the Super Bowl this year, it's some kind of colossal disaster and failure. <laughs> That's kind of nice. If they go maybe if they go maybe 10 and 6 this year or 9 and 7 and they show some promise towards maybe 2 or 3 years down the line, that's now a successful season for the Patriots, which is really cool. Because every regular season game matters now. We're not just waiting around for them to go 12-4 and four and either host a playoff game or go and get a bye. There's a lot of really cool things and a lot of unknowns on the horizon that hasn't been there in a long time. And I'm excited to turn the page, and I'm really hopeful that all the Patriots fans who are around for the Tom Brady era are not going to bash him for leaving and are excited to be with this team, thick or thin, good or bad, win or lose, because we're all still Patriots fans. We still got Bill Belichick, as you said. Should be a fun ride. Yeah, totally. And I, I think that if you look at the makeup of this Patriots roster, there's very there there are a few players that keep them linked to like the dynasty era things. You know, like the, the, you have your uh, your James White, you have your Edelman, you have your Slater, you have your Devin McCourty, you have your Patrick Chung, Dante Hightower. That's kind of it in a little way. Yeah. Uh, David Andrews, you, know, you have your offensive line, sure, but like. This is a team that is primed to turn over in a way, and it'll be very interesting to see what the roster looks like moving forward. We'll break this down a little bit later in the podcast of what it means for the Patriots to focus on retaining leadership like Devin McCourty, like Matthew Slater, like Joe Tooney, and what that means for the Patriots' future. I, I think that for me, what would be really it, – it's – both a little bit exciting to see what this Patriots team will look like without Tom Brady at the helm while simultaneously just being concerned that last year was terrible to watch. You know, they were yeah. 12 and four and it was hard to watch those games because they were just not good. It's hard to watch a team without a good offense. And so while it's partially like excited to see like, Oh man, like what would a Jarrett Stidham led Patriots team look like? And we can talk about Patriots possible replacements for Brady next. But part of me is also just like, I, I don't want to watch a game of Cody Kessler, just see him fall apart out there and have that be the next 16 games, unless it means Trevor Lawrence is coming to town in 2021. Unless that means the Patriots have that first overall pick, this is not going to be a time where it's like, I, I just don't want to watch mediocrity for the Patriots. I'd rather them go to the extremes, either have them be like, you know, as you said, good enough, 10 and 6, exciting, like maybe they'll they'll still win the division. Maybe they'll, they'll continue their streak of success there or just be absolutely terrible and have it be must-watch football where at the end of the year they look good. So I don't like the Miami Dolphins did last year. 
where they yeah. were just absolutely atrocious to start the season, and now they're in a position <laughs> to get Tua. They're, they're in a position to get a good starting quarterback for the foreseeable future. Those are the things that I'd be okay with. I don't want to see them just get an okay sort of season, go 7-9, and 9-7, nine, nine and seven, and just be absolutely blah, waste another year of an amazing defense, and just have no real direction for the future. Yeah, I guess that's a good a transition as any. Um, speaking of mediocrity, uh, I've been hearing all offseason Andy Dalton as a good fit for the Patriots. Uh, I would absolutely hate that move. I personally would love to see him just try stit him out. I mean, they draft quarterbacks with this replacement in mind probably since Jimmy Garoppolo. It's been a couple of years, and Tom Brady just wouldn't let the reins go. I would love to see uh, Jarrett Stidham be the starter and maybe bring in a – not a not a Dalton guy, but somebody as maybe a backup, a mentor program. Who do you see taking the first snap for the Patriots under center in September? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, so there, there's a few different things. There's a lot of moving pieces, and part of me is looking towards the draft to figure out what that means. Because which quarterbacks are currently available? You have Philip Rivers, you have Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, I think I don't know if Drew Brees is technically signed yet. I think he's just indicated that he's returning. Um, so of the possible starting quarterbacks, those are three right there. Uh, I wouldn't say that the Patriots would necessarily go after any other free agent quarterback. I, like I don't see them going after you know a Chase Daniel type Colt McCoy. Like I don't see that being Bill Belichick's move because at that point, why bother? You already have Cody Kessler. So there's like three possible starting quarterbacks in free agency and rivers winston and bridgewater i really hope they don't sign winston just out of just moral reasons i just don't want them to get james winston uh rivers i think is leaning towards the colts so that could remove him and so that leaves teddy bridgewater as an option i could be very very intrigued by that i think that could be a lot of fun other players that are possibly available when you look towards the draft uh, the Cincinnati Bengals definitely going to take Joe Burrow first overall. That means that Andy Dalton is probably available. That's something that I would look out for. Uh, another one would be with the uh, Las Vegas Raiders, is that they signed Marcus Mariota in free agency. Mike Mayock thought that Mariota was the top quarterback in his draft class. He loves those types of players. Maybe that puts uh, Derek Carr available. And I think Derek Carr is a very underrated player at this point, specifically for how he could fit into that New England offense. He's only 28 years old. He'll be 29 later this month. So he has a good long career still ahead of him entering his prime. And that's someone that could really fit into the New England offense. Um, and then one sneaky one, possibly sneaky, uh, looking at the Cleveland Browns, they just signed uh, Case Keenum to a three-year deal. And so part of me wonders what that means for Baker Mayfield. Maybe it's just signing a veteran depth that could be very, very well and very possible. I don't think you give away a franchise quarterback if you don't have to, but the Patriots loved Baker Mayfield. I think that he had could have a really good future with the Patriots. Maybe that's the type of player New England sells the farm for and say, all right, well, we're just going to get Baker Mayfield and establish ourselves for the foreseeable future. So... There's a few moving pieces. If I had to choose one, I would say Andy Dalton. That'd be where my money is. He is an average quarterback, but, you know, top 15 can be enough. Uh, it depends on who they surround him with. He's familiar with Mohamed Sanu, so that's a bonus. Uh, maybe they sign Tyler Eifert in free agency. You know, there are options that 
could increase his familiarity in New England. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly do think that Belichick and the Patriots could compete, not necessarily with the, the Chiefs and the Ravens of the world if they have Andy Dalton, but I think that they could definitely win the division if Andy Dalton's their starting quarterback and allow Jarrett Sidham to continue to develop because he's incredibly raw. And uh, that should be enough. To quote uh, a good friend of mine's daughter at the thought of Andy Dalton coming to the Patriots. <laughs> that sounds terrible, chill. But again, maybe if it's his backup role, I want to roll with Stidham over Dalton. I, I don't personally like the philosophy of these stopgap quarterbacks. Uh, I'd rather just roll with somebody and stink than go 8-8 eight and eight every year like the Jets do. I, but again, this is a, an interesting conversation and one I have not had with a Patriots fan since 1999 or 2000, which is absolutely wild to think about. Uh, this is usually a perennial conversation for a lot of fans of other teams. It's like, who is going to be under center come opening day? And that's just not the case for us. We've been completely blessed with that. And the good news is uh, the Patriots have been making moves around the team. There are some guys they've let go. There's some guys they've got back. You mentioned Joe Tooney being the franchise guy. So unless you have some additional Tom Brady thoughts as we all continue to process this, maybe we should move on and talk about the team as it stands now and what they're going to do in terms of personnel moves. Absolutely. So let's break down the rest of the Patriots free agency after the break. All right, we're back in. Tom Brady is gone. We talked about that in the first half of the podcast, but we are Patriots fans first and foremost. All the best to you, Tommy B., but it is time to turn the page to the guys who are still on the team. Some guys have departed, but the guys that they've re-signed, I'm pretty excited about, Rich Hill. Matthew Slater, Joe Tooney, both McCourty brothers are back. Uh, Their core is still in place on the defensive side of the ball, and they're already looking towards bolstering that offensive line for whatever quarterback takes snaps for them next season. So where do you want to start? Yeah, I think we should talk about the transition with leadership here because losing Tom Brady is an incredibly big change for this New England offense, uh, for this New England team that have looked to him for both leadership, guidance, and like how to approach the game for 20 years. And so for him to leave, there's going to be a very obvious vacuum, and it's a question of who will step up to replace him. And it's very clear that the Patriots decided, Matthew Slater, Devin McCourty, you are the two players that we want to do that. Because they gave Matthew Slater, uh, you know, pure special teams player, a two-year, $5.3 million extension, which is pretty lofty for a special teams player. I think Slater was just getting like a one million a year contract, two million a year contract just pretty recently. And then you gave Devin McCourty a two-year, $23 million extension with, I believe, $17 million guaranteed. So those are both a lot of money to give aging veterans. And there's been a lot of talk that, you know, both McCourty and Slater want to be Patriots for the rest of their lives. So that was like, you know, looking in retrospect, maybe a little bit of a specific language choice that the Patriots were using around these players is that these are the guys that that want to be here. Uh, and so I think that the Patriots' decision to retain them shows that they need to have players that they can trust to set an example for the next generation of Patriots. And they have that now with McCourty, Slater, Hightower. Those are the players that people will look to. I think they use that same sort of language with Joe Tooney being a leader on the offensive line, and they still have Edelman. So you have a lot of players that show how the the Patriots are going to you know go to work. But uh, I, I'm just I, I think from a playing perspective, McCordy and Slater are still playing at a high level, so that's great. I just think that the leadership component cannot be understated. 
Do you think that Joe Tooney is ready to step into that leadership role? You know, I think about the the great offensive linemen the Patriots had in the past. Uh, Logan Mankins comes to mind in terms of the guard position. Matt Light was a team leader for sure. Tooney got the franchise tag. I think it's around fourteen point five million or so in that number. I imagine they'll, they'll give him a long term contract and not have that cap hit all go towards twenty twenty. So he's around for the long term most likely, which gives them a really solid core offensive line in place. Uh, do you think Tooney's ready to kind of be that locker room presence as a second contract looms? Yeah, I, th- I think he can. I think he can. I think also you have to point to David Andrews, who missed last year with his uh, mm. with his injury. He was a team captain. Andrews has been a consistent team leader as well. And I think with both mm. Tooney and Andrews and Shaq Mason giving that consistency on the interior with Marcus Cannon and Wynn, you have a good group of players moving forward to protect a younger guy who can both like you know set the tone for the entire offense because that's what offensive linemen are good for. Also can't talk about how uh, moving on from Dante Scarnecchia really changes things there as well. Um, But with with Joe Tooney there, I think he can. I I think that uh, he and Shaq Mason have been as good a guard pairing as the Patriots have ever had. Uh, Maybe since they had Mankins and Brian Waters. I want to say that was 2010 or 11. Uh, But I think this this is as good as they'll ever have. And they're like very high character guys too. So I, I think that that consistency will be very good for the Patriots. It will. And again, like obviously you, there's a, there's a hole that Brady leaves that will just literally never be replaced. I mean, you don't, you only get one greatest of all time if you're lucky on your team once in your lifetime. So that's just never something you can overstate. But um, in terms of the guys that are on the team, Belichick has always coveted character guys, team first guys, guys that can step up and be that locker room leader. I mean, how many sights and sounds week in, week out do we see McCourty firing people up or Matthew Slater breaking down the locker room cheer after a win? I mean, there there is that leadership in place, and I really do that's going to trickle down uh, to the other guys. Uh, jump over real quick to the guys that have left. Um, they lost Kyle Van Noy. I don't know if that's a, a massive blow. I, I like Kyle Van Noy. I think he was a, a great contributor to the team. Was he an all-star? No, he was a great fit for the Patriots. Wishing the best of luck in Miami. They also lost Jamie Collins, which, of course, means he'll be back in two years and have an all-pro season. <laughs> um, but that obviously also means that the linebacking core, which is a real strength of the 2019 defense, is due for a shakeup. So what do you see the Patriots doing for the linebackers to supplement Hightower, give him the support he needs? Yeah, well, I, I think first off, i uh, got to highlight that both Collins and Van Noy signed enormous contracts. Van Noy yeah. to the Dolphins for a four-year, $51 million deal. That's great for Van Noy. I'm super happy for him. He's someone that the Patriots acquired for pretty much nothing because the Detroit Lions didn't know how to use him. Brian Flores figured out how to use him on defense, and then now Van Noy is rejoining Brian Flores down in Miami. So I think that's a great situation for Van Noy to continue to grow and star as a player. I don't think that he's ever going to be an all-pro or Pro Bowl-level guy, but he's one of those, you know, uh, not necessarily Rob Ninkovich-esque sort of uh, talents, but, like, close to it. You know, he's one of those players that you're like, oh, yeah, he definitely added value to the defense. You know, maybe he's not necessarily going to be that Dante Hightower all-pro name that stands out, but he's those players that you need in order to have a winning defense. For four years, $51 million, not necessarily sure that's the same sort of value, but, you know what, good for him. And then Jamie Collins left for a three-year, $30 million deal with the Lions. Both of those should net the Patriots a compensatory third-round pick next year. So there go the Patriots adding more draft picks. Uh, They acquired both of those players for next to nothing and turned those into big returns and a few Super Bowls. So that's fantastic. Um, And so 
what should the Patriots do at linebacker? They have Hightower and they have Dewan Bentley. Those are your two starters. I think that the Patriots will make a greater push to retain Alandon Roberts, who is another team captain just for that consistency, who played on defense, special teams, and offense all throughout last year. You know, played some snaps at fullback. That is a player that the Patriots want to have in their locker room. And that gives them three linebackers that aren't necessarily as versatile as you had with Collins and Van Noy, who could play on the edge and play standing up. And so if I'm the Patriots, I look towards uh, free agency to see, okay, which players have not necessarily found their role in a lot of defenses that, like, might be better fit for us. There's, like, a Kyler Fackrell, who I think is a name that could really fit for the Patriots. He is... uh, you know, not necessarily big enough to play a 4-3 defensive end. Uh, and he could definitely step into that same Kyle Van Noy role and do pretty well with it. I, I think there's enough players out there that could fit a similar sort of thing for New England that those players, those hybrids, uh, it's kind of like the beginning of the Patriots dynasty again, where there's opportunity for players that don't necessarily fit into today's NFL to have a spot in the Patriots defense. Let's stick with the defense, Rachel. I think the, the linebacker core is going to be okay. They've got some good talent, as you mentioned. Jawan Bentley's up there, Landon Roberts, and they're they're such like a a fluid, a fluid kind of system that that I think they can really really show some some talent there. Uh, let's move back to the secondary. They're pretty set at cornerback. Uh, finally, after many many years of hitting, <laughs> um, they brought their off pro safety back in Devin McCourty. How about their other safety position, the free safety slash strong safety position? You think Pat Chung is going to be the guy? Is Ron Harmon going to be the guy? They're going to go out and get a safety. You think in free agency? You think they're pretty set at safety as well? I think they're. Uh, you know, maybe they could get another younger guy in the draft. I would not be shocked by that. There's a lot of good players in the draft that fit that same sort of versatile role that Patrick Chung has. There's a player coming out of Alabama that uh, I believe Xavier McKinney, who does the exact same thing for Alabama, who would be a first-round pick, who would absolutely make a lot of sense for the Patriots. Uh, I don't know if they believe it's necessarily the same sort of need because you have Patrick Chung there. I think Terrence Brooks showed some promise in that role. He's younger. He could be that long-term replacement. You have Obi Melifonwu, who's on the reserves. Uh, you know, He showed up during the preseason, so maybe he'll have another opportunity next year to make the active roster. There's just been so many good defensive backs that there just wasn't necessarily a spot for him. I think that the Patriots should probably invest a little bit more of their defensive resources into the defensive front seven because that is where they will need to replace the Jamie Collins and the Kyle Van Noy where this cornerback unit is as stacked as it's ever been. Uh, the safety unit is the exact same as it was last year. Uh, I, and, and that's why I, I just have a hard time seeing them adding more players to the secondary because I don't know who they cut for that. Yeah, no, it's true. And again, they're, they're secondary strong enough, and Chung and Harmon are, are both good enough players, so I'm not overly worried about it. But I, I just see there's so much potential with these cornerbacks. If you can get like another hard-hitting deep safety to pair with McCourty for the future, uh, maybe a young guy in the second or third round. Maybe that their second-round DB is going to be a safety this oh year instead of a cornerback. Um, <laughs> whoever that is, I'm sorry. I just doomed your career. But Yeah, trade um, down into the third round and yeah, take him there, yeah, please. Right. <laughs> yeah, and then we'll finish off on the front line for the Patriots. Uh, their front line is still pretty good. They they, uh, they picked up the option Adam Butler. They've got some good guys coming back. Do you see him 
making any moves for some, maybe some edge rushers. Uh, I'm not overly caught up, and maybe these guys are gone, but I, I remember Robert Quinn being available. I think Cameron Rake. Wake was going to be available. Um, Gerald McCoy, even though he's coming off a down year for the Panthers, he's 32, maybe a one-year prove-it deal. Those guys could have been snatched up already. I'm not up to the date as I could be or should be probably, but do you see the Patriots making a move for the offensive, I mean, the defensive line? Yeah, and I, I would actually point towards the defensive tackle spot too first, just because they have Lawrence Guy, who is outstanding. They're likely to retain Adam Butler. I would not be surprised if they brought back Danny Shelton. I think that would make a lot of sense for them as an interior player. Uh, I also would could see like a DJ Reader uh, or Michael Pierce, two big name free agent players, or a veteran like a Mike Daniels, uh, maybe even a Gerald McCoy or Indomitian Sue. Like there's a lot of defensive tackles out there that the Patriots could acquire to kind of bolster that interior because that's where I think that the Patriots need a little bit more help because that outside edge spot is definitely more flexible because uh, sure, they have Chase Winovich, John Simon. Those are the only two guys that I would count as roster locks. I think Dietrich Wise is a good player, but for whatever reason, the Patriots have always been looking to find a way to replace him in the lineup just for whatever reason. Uh, Shalit Calhoun could be back in free agency, and I don't count on Derek Rivers at this point in time. But when we're talking about who's going to play, replace Kyle Van Noy or Jamie Collins, it's the same sort of player that will add and join into that defensive end rotation. So you have, when you look at the Patriots defense, you have your interior defensive linemen, so your Lawrence Guy and Adam Butler. You have your stand-up linebackers like your Dante Hightower, Jawan Bentley. And then you have your edge guys. And so that is your Winovich and Van Noy and your Collins and your John Simon. So... To add to that, uh, you could just bring back in that Kyler Fackrell, who would fit into that spot as well. Uh, then uh, Kamale Correa, who didn't really do too much with the Ravens uh, and anywhere else, really. So I think he could fit in. But maybe even like a Jabal Sheard, a Marcus Golden. Those are players that the Patriots have expressed interest and or had in the past. So I could see them fitting in. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots approached this defensive edge role in the same way that they do with the wide receiver role, where they just bring in a bunch of veterans and see who pans out. I actually really enjoyed that. It's a great training camp competition, the defensive line. Uh, they'd be a lot of fun to watch if they do that kind of survival of the fittest kind of thing. Uh, before I move to the offense, I want to add one more note of dread to Patriots Nation. Uh, safety, Tavon Wilson is still a free agent, so just be warned <laughs> about that. <laughs> Uh, sorry to do that to you guys. I know it's a rough day already. But oh, okay. man. Moving on to the offense, Rich. Uh, again, we're pretty set on the offensive line, I think. Uh, there's a lot of running backs in the stable. Um, I don't know about the receiver position. Maybe that's an area where the Patriots uh, need to upgrade. Um, and the tight end, obviously, they never really addressed that in, in the offseason here. So where do you see them focusing most of their efforts on – offensively assuming the quarterback's going to be taken care of at some point soon. Yeah. Yeah. No one's talking about the Patriots quarterback spot. No one is. That's the, <laughs> that's the, that's the big spot. Um, yeah. I think when you look at their running back spot, they are completely okay. They're like overstacked at that spot. Um, I, 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 I always thought that Rex Burkett could be a trade slash cut candidate just because of Damian Harris. And you can't fit six running backs on that team. You know, when James Devlin comes back, uh, there's just, a glut of talent there. So I would say they're definitely not going to add any more running backs. And uh, 
I'll, I'll start with the offensive line too, because I'm a big offensive line fan who thinks that when you're bringing in a new quarterback, you need a good offensive line to establish the success of the entire offensive unit. And all players being healthy, we're going to have a Patriots offensive line of Isaiah Wynn, Joe Tooney, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Marcus Cannon. And you have a pretty solid rotation of backups with uh, Corey Cunningham and third-round pick last year, Yoni Kahuste as the, the tackles. Uh, they're going to be swing options. And then on the interior side, or on the interior line, you have Jermaine Illuminor, who the Patriots extended uh, his original draft tag. So I believe it's like a fifth-round pick. So he, he's probably going to be back. Uh, and then also Hjalte Froholt, who's coming back from injury. I think their offensive line is completely good. I think they are good, assuming that they believe that Yone Kahuste is healthy enough and ready to go. Um, because he missed all of last year with a non-football injury. And if he's good to go, and if Corey Cunningham and Jermaine Illuminor have a full offseason in the Patriots system, maybe they bring back Ted Karras. I could see him going to a team like Miami to getting, uh, you know, starting for a different unit. I think that this Patriots offensive line is healthy or is good to go if everyone is healthy. There's just a lot of question marks with regards to their health. And uh, if, if they find a way to extend Joe Tooney, I think that their line is as good as it can be. But maybe they'd want to invest another draft pick in an interior lineman uh, just in case Andrews is unable to fully return from his injury. So that leaves us with the receiver position and the tight end position as areas that continue to be of need. Those are not necessarily positions, especially receiver. The Patriots have drafted well. Uh, tight end, they had one massive hit and not as much anywhere else with Gronkowski. There aren't a ton of big, big names at the receiver position or the tight end position right now. Uh, the Bengals just franchised A.J. Green. Amari Cooper just got a really big deal. I think Emmanuel Sanders is still there, but he's not a world beater. Eric Ebron is still there. I mean, Tyler Eifert is, is a possibility. Do you think it'll be a, a free agency move for receiver and or tight end, or you see some trades coming up in the coming days? Ooh, that's a good question. I, I think that uh... – <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if there were some trades. I think that Eric Ebron should absolutely be on the Patriots' radar just because he's it. But what the scenario I laid out earlier of potentially signing Andy Dalton and bringing in Tyler Eifert, uh, I wouldn't be shocked by. I think this is a situation where the Patriots need to add in at the tight end position. They need to revamp it entirely. I, I view the tight end position as them having no tight ends because Ryan Izzo was a player that was a non-factor last year who was on the roster just because he was a healthy scratch. And then Matt Lacoste, who played but was, you know, as, I don't know, he, he wasn't very productive. He wasn't a good tight end out there. So he is not a player that should prevent the Patriots from acquiring additional players. And so if I'm the Patriots, I look at what they did in 2010 when they signed Algie Crumpler and then they drafted both Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez. And I think that's the type of uh, reinvention of the tight end position that they need to do with drafting a player and bringing in a proven veteran. And whether it's two veterans and one young player or two young players and one veteran uh, doesn't really matter to me. I, I think that they just have to really revamp that entire position with a, a Tyler Eifert or uh, Eric Ebron type thing. And I think Ebron could be a very good tight end for the Patriots. Uh, and then find another player like Adam Troutman in the, the draft in like the third round, like someone who could step in, develop, and like be a good player in 2021. 
Tell you, man, things just got a lot more interesting for a lot of reasons. Uh, last question I'll ask you, Rich, as we kind of start to close this out and, and grasp our, our new reality as Patriots fans. Uh, we saw this a little bit in 2019, maybe more out of necessity than design, but the Patriots tried very hard, especially in the 2018 playoffs, to become a very run-heavy team. They invested big on the offensive line. They ran the ball first. They used receivers as outlet guys. They weren't like a high-flying spread them kind of thing. Do you think Bill Belichick maybe saw the writing on the wall with Tom Brady and knew whatever quarterback he brought in and whatever offensive scheme he installed would not be the same without Tom Brady and has been kind of building and will continue to build in for agency 2020 a, a bigger run-heavy team with kind of a game manager, a quarterback and the free agency signings we'll see and the trades we'll see over the coming days and weeks will reflect that Smash Mouth style. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by it. Unfortunately, the way that you uh, take a quarterback out into the sunset and also integrate a new younger quarterback is both the same way, is by taking pressure off of them. You know, And that's partially by either having great receivers who can transform the entire offense so you can have Joe Schmo out there and still be productive, or by having an effective enough running game that the teams can't blitz the quarterback. You know, that you have to have a good enough running game. And that's where I think the Patriots wanted to go. I don't think they had it last year because of all of the injuries. You know, you couldn't foresee losing David Andrews. You couldn't expect that Isaiah Wynn would be hurt. You have all of those different issues. You know, you lose James Devlin, you lose Jakob Johnson, and then you're onto your linebacker, fullback guy. And then uh, you just have all of those injuries at wide receiver. You know, there's just so many things that played out that made the running game so ineffective for the Patriots that hopefully a healthy roster would be able to do and make it a little bit easier for the younger quarterbacks. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I think that's definitely the case. And simultaneously, I don't think that precludes the Patriots from uh, investing more into the wide receiver spot because I think they need to. Edelman's going to be about 50 years old next year. Mohamed Sanu is going to be 31, I think. And in short, you have Harry and Myers who can continue to develop. But this is a team that either needs to get like a few more of those like mid-tier sort of veterans, like what the Patriots do every offseason of getting those uh, you know, that wide receiver three, wide receiver four type talents to see if maybe they can emerge into a Brandon LaFell type role uh, and have someone who can be in that starting lineup to really take advantage of the matchups. And so players like, you know, when Philip Dorsett was that number four option in the Patriots offense, he was fantastic when he was that number two option, less so. And so if the Patriots continue to flesh out that roster uh, where, you know what, Edelman's your number one, he needs to have a good number two and number three that they just didn't have last year. And then if you can have a Rashard Higgins as a number four or, uh, you know, a, like a Seth Roberts as a number four, I think you'll be fine. Uh, and, and those are where the Patriots need to really invest more into the wide receiver spot because there is that complement with how the Patriots passing game affects the running game. I'll tell you, Rich Hill, what's the old uh, the old curse slash blessing? May you live in interesting times. <laughs> uh, 2020 has been an interesting one to say the least in every facet, and it's about to get a lot more interesting. But again, interesting can be really good. Uh, I am looking forward to what the Patriots are going to do as free agency gets into full swing. The draft is still scheduled despite coronavirus scares, and the league is proceeding as if nothing's going on. Uh, should be a lot of fun. And again, Patriots fans, don't despair. A lot of great moves on the horizon. I'm sure 
football is supposed to be a good time. You can't be great forever. Uh, I think this was a remarkable thing we saw, and the Patriots are already kind of moving on. We're on to 2020. I think we should be as well. Rich, we're going to have a lot more to talk about over the coming days, weeks, and months. I have a funny feeling. Oh, absolutely, especially I think that there's going to be a, a lot of activity uh, moving forward, especially as they need to not necessarily scramble, but, you know, Bill Belichick is never the type of head coach to say we're going to give up on this year. That's just not the case. And there's something that the Patriots and Bill Belichick referenced back in 2011 when the Colts absolutely collapsed when Peyton Manning was hurt. And then, you know, it led them to Andrew Luck, so it worked out for them for at least the short term, but... Bill Belichick was just like, that's never going to be our situation. We're just <laughs> not, we're not, we're not going to plan to tank. We're we're not going to be like, okay, we lose our starting quarterback and our season's over. They have contingency plans. I'm sure that they were looking and making phone calls and saying, okay, Tom Brady's not coming back. I wouldn't be shocked if they had a trade lined up for Andy Dalton or Derek Carr. Uh, just because, you know what, they're probably going to be available. And uh, the, the Patriots, maybe they're not going to be as dominant as they were, but as long as Bill Belichick is calling the shots, organizing the franchise with Nick Casario, helping with the personnel, this is a team that's going to be competitive. And, uh, you know, best of luck to Tom Brady wherever his career takes him. Absolutely. I guess what's dream scenario would be a also my nightmare scenario where it would be a Patriots versus Tom Brady led Bucks in the Super Bowl in 2020. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be amazing in so many reasons that I don't even know what I'd do. I, my head would explode. But that's that's all, almost a full year away. I'm not looking into that. We still have to get the whole free agency thing done, the draft done, a lot of good stuff coming up, Rich. Uh, stay tuned here on Pat's Pulpit. We'll be breaking down things with articles and podcasts and who knows what else? Lots more to get to. Very exciting times ahead for all of us. Uh, hopefully you and yours are all healthy and safe. Stay inside. Don't touch your face. Order some takeout and stay tuned to Pat's Pulpit because we are going to be breaking down a lot more stuff over the coming times. Yeah, absolutely. And everyone, wash your hands with soap for 20 seconds. Sing happy birthday a couple times. And uh, hopefully we'll have a little bit more to talk about on next free agency with uh, the Patriots signing some players. That would be lovely to talk about. Uh, maybe we'll be able to figure out what the Patriots are doing. And so until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See you. Stay healthy. You too. Later, man.